This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Those amazing, beautiful words. It's good to have a eulogy while you're still alive. I appreciate it. Shkoyach. It's a very big for me to be speaking at this Lava Malka. Rav Hurst, the Rav, is actually a cousin, a cousin of mine, a very close cousin of mine, through my wife, through the elephants, the herbs. And um, very chasha because he's, he's, he, we all know he's a major, major Tamachacham. And he sits on a Bezdin and he paskins very, very tough halachas. But at the same time, I don't know how many people know about it, how many people don't know about it. But for many, many, many years, a lot of the boys that were lost um, in Brooklyn and in Flatbush spent Friday nights. They didn't have Shabbos at all, so a lot of them didn't keep Shabbos even. But they always had a Friday night on a Shabbos to come to the shul and to come to, to Rabbi Herbst. So he mamish both sides. A tzaddik, tamachachom, a rav, at the same time working in, in Kirov, which is very unusual. Um, to have a rav of a, of, a, of, a, of a shul and to be taking kids in Friday night, late at night, and to be with them and to be makar of them. So the question that I've been speaking about the last week, we know that Bajya Basparo, Bisya Basparo, is one of the people that went to Ganadin alive. So I asked my seminary students, what did she do that she deserved to to be like Elio Anavi, to go to the next world, to Ganadin alive? Sarimenu, Rivka, Rachavaleya, they didn't go to the next world alive. And Batya Basparo, the daughter of Paro, who was she already? So she was a Giyaris, according to some of Farshim. So she saved the Jewish boy. There are many Goyim through the history, in the Holocaust even, that saved Jewish kids. They didn't go to Ganeidin alive. What was so special about her that she had this chus? to go to Gan Eden alive. So, I had a little issue with someone the last couple of months, and I was working on myself very hard to be Michael, this person, and to get it out of my system. I was being hurt by someone that I thought was very close to me. It's very hard. You know, the famous story, I don't remember who the Rebbe, some, some of you probably do remember, it was a Rebbe, a Rebbe, and somebody made fun of him publicly in shul, and Mamash embarrassed him in front of everyone. He walked over to this man who embarrassed him. He said, I don't understand. I never did you a favor. <laughs> so, Azai, such a, such a situation. So I went to a very big tzaddik in Eretz Yisrael. I said, I'm always working on myself, but this person, I just, I can't let it go. I can't let it go. So he said, you have to learn time of Devaira the 13 attributes, I promise you if you learn the 13 attributes you definitely will let it go and Kachoya I did and it's very much connected to this so in Bereshis who created us all everyone in this room, every human being in the Tselem Tell him comes the word tsel, tsel is a shadow, 
A shadow never takes a different shape than the thing it's shadowing. A round ball, you can't have a square shadow. A, a square object, you can't have a round shadow. It could be bigger and smaller, the shadow. But the shape, if you're ever walking in, there's a walking by a light in the street at night, so you could be small or big, but there's hands and there's feet and there's a head. You can't change that. So it seems to be that there's something about our Kurdish Baruch Hu that we're mamash created in the shadow, that we have that same greatness. And as a mission pick up with you all know, Shiba, Kurdish Hu loved us, Shabara, he, he created us all, but Samalakim, Shiba Yisera, Shnei Das, like, what is this? What is this selling? Two Tarutz. One is a Gersh Baruch who is Echad. There's a oneness. There's no, uh, there's no two. A human being, there's also an Echad. Every person, there's only one of you. There'll never be another one of you. There never was someone, even if you're a Gilgul, if, you, if you're into Gilgul and whatever it is, Moshe Benu was a Gilgul of Noyach, he was a Gilgul of Hevel, but he wasn't Hevel. And he wasn't Noach. He had certain spiritual DNA markers from them. But the person himself is not the exact the same person. Because Baruch Hu gave us something very special, and that is that each one of us is one. Hashem Echad, Moshe Echad, Chaim Echad, Dina Echad, Rachel Echad. There's only one of you, which is a very big responsibility because there's not going to be another one of you. That's one of the Peshatim in Selim Olikim. But that's not the derech that the Talmud Devarah goes. The derech that the Talmud Devarah goes is that every person has the ability to have the attributes that a Kirsch Baruch Hu has. In his first or second attribute, he says, his first attribute actually, that a Kirsch Baruch Hu gives us life. <coughs> and we take that life, some people take that life that he gives you, and we do Averis. But you couldn't do the Avera without a Kurdish Baruch Hu giving you life. So the Avera person does with his eyes because a Kurdish Baruch Hu gives him vision. A person that does an Avera with his mouth, he talks like Shinhar. If Hashem didn't give you a mouth to talk, if you were born that you couldn't talk, you couldn't do the Avera. So he sort of gives you the energy that you use against him. He brings an, exa- an example like someone comes to you, your neighbor, and he says, I need $1,000. Can I borrow $1,000? You lend him the thousand dollars. What does he do with the thousand dollars? He goes and he hires a lawyer to sue you that you're on his property. You gave him the thousand dollars. He uses it to sue you. I think you're crazy, you Meshiga. I gave you the thousand dollars. You should go sue me. See the same thing. Kosh does. He gives you life, and you use the life to do an avera. And Kosh Baruch is you. So a human being has to learn to be meichel. Even if you gave someone, and the person used what you gave him against you, right? You have to be Meichelin, which means that a person has that ability. We have the attributes as a human being to follow the attributes of a Kiddush Baruch. And he goes through all the things, like if you don't have, deserve anything, Hashem looks at your advice. So if someone doesn't deserve anything and he hurts you, but his grandfather and his great-grandfather were big people, he goes through all the different things that a Kiddush Baruch does for us. And he says that we have the Koyach to force Hashem to treat us that way. If we're Michael, a person who used what we gave them to hurt us, then Hashem is Michael us, even though we're using what He gave us to hurt them. Okay, that's that's the that's the the Tzalim and that's talking what it says. Also, right? It says the Kadosh Baruch who created us in His in His Tzalim, 
and it seems to be that he's talking to the to the malachim, and he's telling the malachim that I that I I, I created the, the human being, you know, like us. What's the us? Like was telling the malachim that a person has this ability to overcome all these different things. Now let's go to Pasha Shmais. What what Batya Basparo did was something not human. Because as a human being, she could not reach Moshe Rabbeinu. So she saw she saw a little a little basket, a little boat, a little teva, and it was way out. It was way out. And they asked, why did Hashem why Hashem doesn't do a miracle? Unless, unless you have to do a miracle, why didn't Hashem bring a wind? The basket's out in the Nile River. Mm-hmm. Bring a wind and blow the basket to the shore. You have to have a miracle. Someone puts their hand out, it stretches out thousands of feet. Just, just bring a wind and, 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 and bring the baby to the shore. It's natural. You know, it's not even a nace. So it's one of the questions we ask, why? And also we see that the name that she gave him, Kiminaminikinaminamiyamishisiu, we see that his name was an Egyptian name. We know that he had other Hebrew names. Tuvia had other different Hebrew names. And we know that in Mitzrayim, one of the biggest things was that we didn't take Goyesh names. And for some reason, the one Goyesh name that we took is the leader of Klaishol, Moshe Rabbeinu, was an Egyptian name. So it must mean that that name is very, very important because we specifically did not take Egyptian names. It's all one answer. It's all one answer. And the answer is like this. She knew it was impossible. <coughs> she put her hand out. She saw a child. At that time, she didn't know he was even Jewish. She saw a child in a basket. She saw there's a basket weighed out there. There's a child. The child's crying. She said, I cannot reach him. I can't reach him. But I'm going to put my hand out. I'm going to try. This is the Mishnah. You, if you think you could finish something, you can't finish anything. All HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us is to put our hand out. She put her hand out when it was impossible to reach. What she needed was an ace. And she got that ace. Had the wind blown Moshe Rabbeinu towards her, she would take no credit. His name was based that she said, I took him out of the water. It wasn't the wind that blew him towards me. I put my hand out. And the leader of Klyasol had to have that name. The leader of Klyasol had to know that sometimes when things are out of reach and it looks like it's impossible, this kid is off the I can't, I can't help him. This person, I can't help. I don't have any money. They need, I can't help them. What Hashem wants is that you should put out your hand. And the leader of Klyasol, Tuvi is a beautiful name. He was born lit up. So he, he was born toy. But that doesn't make the leader of Klyasol. What makes the leader of Klyasol is that you put your hand out even when things look impossible. And therefore, Kodesh Baruch Hu had to make an ace because the source of a person is his name. And that had to be the name of Moshe Rameinu. It had to be Moshe Kimin Amayim Mishitziu. And the interesting thing in spiritual DNA, which is a whole different subject, is that that name of putting your hand out when something's impossible... If you look in Pashat B'Shalach, when, HaKod- when Moshe Rabbeinu split the Yam, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to him, stretch your hand out. Since when does stretching your hand out going to split a Yam? But HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, it's in you. 
that when you stretch your hand out because of Bajah who gave you this name, and even though it's impossible naturally to reach that little tenna, it's also impossible naturally to split a yam. Because Baruch said, you have it in you. It comes from Bacha Basparo. That if you put your hand out, even though it's physically impossible, I'll make an ace. And again the Pusik says, when he had to bring the waters back, which we all know is much harder than the splitting of the Yamsuf, just like in the Gemara, when the golden leg was given, to take back the golden leg was much bigger nace than giving the golden leg of the table. To bring the waters back after a nace that, that made the water stand on the side was even bigger. What did Hashem, what did Hashem tell Moshe Stretch your hand out. Because that was his name, and that was the koyach that he got from Bajo Bas Paro. And maybe that's why she went to Ganadin alive. Because she was able to fulfill not only the physical world by putting her hand out, but she was able to fulfill the spiritual world. That by doing that, she caused an ace. And therefore, she's alive in the spiritual world. I want to tell you over two stories. Also, we see just very beautiful, I'm sure a lot of you heard of it. I didn't hear this when I was growing up, but this Torah seems to have gotten around. Also, very, very important. This is really. I decided to say this because of the Rav and because of that night program Friday night that saved so many boys. So it says about Tiftach Vatireus Hayelet. She saw this little boy, this baby. And the young man was crying. It must be a Jewish kid. How did she know it was a Jewish kid? Everyone thinks because they had a bris No. Everyone in Mitzrayim had a bris since Yesifat Sadiq was the leader of Mitzrayim. So looking at a bris milah didn't mean he was a Jewish kid. So it's a very, very beautiful pshat because it says he was a yelet. And then it says there was a na that was crying. So some mandiorim say that he was, was talking a different voice. So she knew there was something different over here. But the beautiful, beautiful Dvatayri is that she opened it up, she saw a yelet. Who was the na that was boycher? It was Aaron. His brother. How old was his brother? Three. She saw this boy this little teeny guy crying at the side of the Nile. Because, why was he crying? Because he saw this, this Egyptian guy taking his brother. He figured, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to him? So the Nar wasn't, it's was not the same person. The Nar was Aaron, and the Yelet Baicha was Moshe Rabbeinu. And she said, if I see that a brother is crying for a brother, this kid has to be Jewish. Because Goyim don't cry for Goyim. But Jewish kids cry for Jewish kids. I decided to say this to Torah in honor of the, of, of the Rav and the Rebetzin. Because they also saw kids that were crying and kids that were lost. And Mamash, I'm telling you, I, I, I take care of the girls, but I used to hear from the boys all the time. Like, where were you guys Friday night? Where were you going on? Where was going on? They say, we're by Rabbi Herbst. They say, what's going on with Rabbi Herbst Friday night? Say, oh, we get to eat, get drink. Ah, it's beautiful. We go there. We go there Friday night. And they, they were Mamash not keeping Shabbos. This was their whole Shabbos. So I want to tell you two stories. One story is brought in Mamlayas, Pasha by Midbar actually, about a, a very famous, a very big tzaddik who davened and fasted that, that he should have a dream, he should have a chalayim, and he should be told in the chalayim who his partner is going to be in Ganeidah. And finally, after doing this for many days, they, the Malachin in the Chalayim, the one who tells the Chalayim, told him 
that there's a certain butcher in a certain city, and this butcher is going to be your partner in Ghana. He was very upset. He was very upset. This is where I'm going to sit in Ghana. My chavrus, I got to learn with him, a butcher. So, Imamish fasted again, and he was crying. They came back to him in the dream. They said, for, for, "You don't know who this butcher is, and if you know, you Imamish chayiv misa." For crying about being with him. You don't understand who this is. So he says, okay, I'm going to go find him. Anyway, to make long story short, he comes to the butcher and to the butcher store. He watches him and he goes over to him. When he closes, he said, could you tell me, like, what do you do that's, like, really special? He said, I don't do anything really that special, but what do you do? He said, well, I'm very mocked to give the poor people the same cuts of meat that I give the rich people, and half my profit I give to the poor. This is very nice. I guess this Sadiq held of himself. It's a little bit the story doesn't make that much sense, but whatever. And he said, and he said, oh, that's very nice. I know a lot of people who give to Dhaka and, and they're good to but there must be there's something else. Do you have anything else? So I have a story when I, a while ago, there was um, there was this these Gayim coming through my town and they had a captive, a girl. And the girl came by the house, I saw her crying. I asked her who she was. She said she's a Jew, and that she was captured in a faraway town by these, 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 these whatever they were, kidnappers, and a bunch of goyim, and she, she needs someone to help her. So he said, I took all my money, whatever I had, taking shuyim, and I, I saved this girl. She's very nice. What else? What happened? He said, well, she was 12 years old. I had a, I had a, a, a bacher. And I made a shidduch after when she hit 18, and I went to my son, and I said to my son, listen, he, was, he deserved not to, not to be married to a captive, we don't even know where this girl came from, we don't know her yichus, but do me a favor, she's very special, and who's going to marry her? Nobody even knows where she comes from. I'm asking you as my son, please marry her. He said, ta, whatever, a little bit different generation that we're in right now, he said, ta, whatever you ask me, I'm not even, I'm not even thinking about it. He said, fine, but I'm going to make you a wedding like nobody ever had. So he makes this unbelievable wedding, he invites all the poor, he buys them suits and clothing and mice and everything, and they come to the wedding, and, and, and it's before the chuppah, and everybody's sitting there, and he's by the chasantish, and the kala's uh, by the kalatish, and this man is going, with the butcher is going around to see everybody's, is everybody happy, and there's this one table of aniyam that's not eating. He says to them, why aren't you eating? He says, there's a boy here, and he's crying the whole time, and we lost our appetite. So he walks over to the boy, he says to him, let me come talk to you. what's going on? You come to my wedding, and you're crying, you need money, you have, what do you need? He says, no, I'll tell you the truth. The girl that's getting married tonight, I was engaged to her. And then she was kidnapped, they destroyed our whole town. I went one way, she went another way, I never saw her again. And I come tonight, and I see the kala, and, and I, this is the girl that I was engaged to. He says, how do I know you're telling me the truth? He takes out a star Arison. He says, and how do I know it's this girl? Maybe it's another girl with the same name. So she has a birthmark behind her ear. Kachaya. What's he going to do now? He goes to his son. His son's waiting. All his friends are there. You can imagine a wedding. The musicians, photographers. Everything is done already. It's amazing. And he says to his son, i got to ask you again a favor. He says, now what? He says, there's a boy. And then with Arison you got you to give it up. you got to give up this kala, the mitzvah, I'll get you a different, a different... Okay. What are you going to do? I don't want to even think about what happened to the story now, but okay. So, he goes over to the Ani, he, gives the, he takes the chasun suit off, gives him the suit, the whole wedding is for this, for this, this, this Ani that was there, to this girl, and it's an amazing wedding, and 
Humavish gives up everything, and it says, and after that, the Sheva Brachas he makes for them, and then he leaves, lets them stay in the house for a year, and then he buys them a house, and Humavish takes care of this girl, like it's his daughter, and he gave up a whole wedding, he gave up everything, his son and him gave up. So, when I said over this in class, the girl said, but Rabbi Wallerstein, he doesn't get the credit, the son gets the credit. At the end of the day, the son was getting married, all his buddies are there, the whole place is all set up, he's getting married, also his father says, no, you're not getting married. I said, yeah, but how did the son become that? He only became that because he had such a father. So in the end of the day, his son gets a little credit, but the father gets the credit for the chinuch. So the, the, the tzaddik, the tamachachum, turned to the katzah and he said, unbelievable that I have the schus, I don't even know what I did in my life, to have the schus, to have you as a partner in the next world. What this person did is elikus. That's not human. It's not human. And listen, it's my son. I'm very sorry you got kidnapped. You know, but this is my money, my wedding. My son likes... They made this shit up for They know each other. They're getting married. Yeah, you'll find another girl. You'll find another girl. No. This is the, this is the midas alikim. This is the midas of not a, of not a, of not a human being. A person can get to that level. And the thing of when a person gets to that level, we force HaKadosh Baruch Hu to treat us the way that we treat others. So if we can overcome that we're mocked, that someone hurt me, we hurt HaKadosh Baruch Hu all the time, we don't hurt him, but we do against him all the time. But if we can forgive someone that really hurt us, and for no reason hurt us, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu can forgive us, he gives us so much, and in turn, we do things that we're not supposed to do. That's what Bhakti Masparo did. She knew as a human being, she cannot reach that child. My hand cannot reach that child. I cannot help that child. I cannot bring a wind. I cannot reach that child. But I'm going to put my hand out. You know the part of that you love, the famous story, standing on the rock there in B'nai Brock, it's empty, with one Talmud. I, I live by this, by this story. And there's one Talmud, it's a desert, it's a midbar, just coming out of the Holocaust. Kleisrol is, is not in a good place. He's standing in B'nai Barak, not Yerushalayim, and he turns to his Talmud, and he says, right here I'm going to build the biggest yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. There was no one there. B'nai Barak was a desert. And I guess this guy was a little bit of a machutzaf, and he turned to the Pan of Etzirav, and he said, There was yeshiva, you're dreaming. And he looked at him and he said, I'm dreaming, but I'm not sleeping. You've got to put your hand out. We'll end with this story. So there was a, an older man in B'nai Brak. And when he used to put on his tefillin, his grandson, he had a little grandson, he used to see that his, for some reason his grandfather's hand, most men have hair on their hands, there was not a hair on his grandfather's hand. And it used to bother him all the time. Zaydi, how come you don't have any hair on your arms? And the grandfather said, Shem mitzvah. I'm going to tell you why I have no hair on my own. But until then, you've got to stop bothering me. It comes to the Bar It's a true story. The Navy Dicker story. It comes to the Bar Mitzvah. The the is the like, Okay, Zaydi, we're sitting at the table. No, why don't you have hair on your hands? You have a beard. Everywhere. Beard. What's going on? He says, few minutes, few minutes. So I'll tell you the answer. In the middle of the Bar Mitzvah, the day is just sitting there. In walks this man. No hair. No hair on his face, no beard, no eyelashes, no eyebrows, no hair on his head, nothing. Totally bald, not a hair. Everyone thinks that he has the machla, that that's what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. The grandfather jumps up, 
And the two of them are crying together and they're hugging. And he brings him up to the dais and he sits next to him and everyone's looking at this man. Can't really recognize him. And his, the grandfather says, I would like my best friend in the world to get up and speak for my grandson's learners. This man gets up. And meanwhile, the grandchild's like, is that, he's going to tell me why? He says, yeah, he's going to tell you. True story. He gets up and he says, so you're all looking at me, you think I'm not well. I'm very well, very healthy. He says, but I want to tell you what happened to us, me and the Zaydi, in the Holocaust. He said, I was a little boy. My town was burnt down. My shul was burnt down. They brought me to Auschwitz. My mother, my father, and seven siblings. He said, they split the boys. I was a young boy, maybe nine, ten years old. They split the boys. The family, the rest of my siblings were very young. And my mother ran across to give me a hug. They shot her right in front of me. And then when my mother was laying on the floor dead, all my siblings ran to her, and my, my father ran to her. They shot them all in front of me, every single one. Every kid, my mother and father, everyone right in front of my eyes. So they took me and, and your grandfather to de-louse us. The Germans believed that all the Jews had lice, so before they took him into the camp, they put him into a, a hole that had water with acid in it, with lye in it, and they would drop the kids in there for a few seconds, whatever it is, and the would would come out smoking from the acid, and that would kill the lice. He says, when they dropped me in, I had lost everything. They took our clothing off, so I had no clothing. They shaved my head, I had no hair. They killed my family, they, they burnt my town, they, built my, they burnt my shore. I was a young boy that was dropped into this hole. I had lost everything in the world, my dignity. I, I was standing there without any clothing. There was nothing left. And I decided, I'm just going to stay in that pit. I'm done. So they dropped me in, and the acid was burning my body. And all of a sudden I had this thought, you took my parents, you took my clothing, you took my town, but you didn't take my God. I still have Hashem. But I didn't have the koyach to get out of the hole. So I picked up my hands. Your grandfather saw my hands coming out of the acid and he realized that I wanted to be saved and the Nazi standing there said if you pull him out of there I will shoot you but your grandfather didn't care and he put his hands into the acid and he put them under my armpits and he tried to pull me out and it took him a little bit while to get me out but he got me out and he brought me to the barracks I was burnt in very bad shape and you're Zaydi took care of me the whole time and kept me alive and one night when I thought I was dying he said to me listen to me, you have to live and I said why? I said because we're going to be at each other's grandchild's bar mitzvah and this is the first grandchild's bar mitzvah and we're alive and that's why Yazidi has no hair on his hands because his hands were in that pit to pull me out in the lie for a very long time. No, you would think a story. That's not human. That's Tselem When a person is willing to give up his life to save another Jew and to take care of another Jew. 
Batyabas Parla Goy learned an important lesson. That when you hear the cry of a Jew, and another Jew is crying for him, it's got to be a Jewish cry. And that's why his name was Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu. Because when something looked impossible, somebody put out their hand. And that's what we need to learn. And the whole Shmois, and the whole Vayikra, and the whole Bamidbar, and the whole Devarim talks about this Moshe, this name that was given by an Egyptian. This is my own little thought. Whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. Because Baruch Hu said, I'm going to destroy Klai Yisrael because they serve the Egel. Moshe said, you can't. Because if you do, Mocheni no you're going to have to erase my name. My name is Moshe. My name is going above the human trait. Because Baruch Hu let go that they did something they weren't supposed to. Because if you can't let go that Christ will sin against you, then my name, Moshe, doesn't belong in the Torah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, They're forgiven because you're saying good. You're saying that if I don't forgive them, then that whole Moshe, that whole name of being above Derech HaTeva doesn't exist. When we all be Zaycha, to see Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshiach, and here be Amenu. Thank you, Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.